Hey, it's your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to Local First Podcast, where I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to tell their inspiring stories about them and about their business so you can learn more about them. Just a reminder, this podcast is made possible by Home Solutions Realty. I'd really appreciate it if you would forward the podcast by sharing, subscribing on iTunes, and leaving reviews and recommendations for future guests and topics. I want to hear from you. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you for being on Local First Podcast. Uh, we have a great show today with Rachel Lamantia. Close enough. Close enough. Like I was, I was at the networking group this morning and uh, uh, they butchered my name a half a dozen times. So I understand. <laughs> so, you know, thanks for taking the time out to um, be on a show where we support local businesses and let the listeners in the community know more about what you do. Uh, so thank you for sh- being on the show, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You're welcome. So let's let's get to know you a bit. You know, let's get to your backstory, where you've come from, what did you enjoy doing in your spare time, and what did you do before your current business? Oh, that's a lot of questions it's, in it's, one. We're just gonna, <laughs> hey, we're just going to unload and then we'll ease into it. Sure. Well, I grew up here, essentially, in the Waukesha, Oconomowoc area. So I'm from here. Um, I moved to Illinois after college for my first job after college, but I boomeranged. I came back a few years later. Um, so I love this area. I'm a true Wisconsin girl. I love, what do I love doing? I love the outdoors. So my husband and I go camping a lot. I love hiking. He really loves cycling. He's a huge cyclist. So we do those things together. Uh, I'm also a musician, so I love doing that as often as I can. Do you I play can. a specific instrument or are you singing? I play flute. You play flute. Mm-hmm. I have for a long, like long Jeff time. Like Jeff Rotel flute or? <laughs> <laughs> right now I mostly play for church. Church, okay. Um, but I would love to get into a community theater sometime. That's oh. that. I love pit orchestra. I love doing that. So I actually have a minor in music from college. So it's been a big part of my life for a long time. Nice. That's, that's cool that you actually kept up with that music. Yeah. A lot of my old band buddies, you know, play every once in a while or just don't play anymore. And so, um, I'm blessed that I've had opportunity to keep yeah, it that, up. That, that's really cool. Cause I, uh, my daughter played the bassoon. Okay. And she was really good at it, played yeah. for the Milwaukee Symphony and all that stuff through school and all that stuff like that. And then just went to college and said, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, yeah. I'm like, but I spent all this money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. Yeah. So you like the outdoors, hiking and all that good stuff. All right. And, and what else? I am very much open to opportunity. So like if somebody says we're going to do this, Um, are you in? If I can, I will. So I love impromptu game nights. I love hanging out with friends. I run a crafting group. I have my hands in a lot of different things. So it sounds like you're very active out there. Yeah, I try to be. (laughs) That's nice. What you do over at your masterpiece bookkeeping and, you know, kind of give people a concise point of, you know, what is that all about? I help small business owners with um, the headache or mess that is usually their bookkeeping. So in a very concise point, that's what I do. I take it off their plate. I make it, my goal is to make it as simple and efficient as I can for my clients. And I try and leverage as much of the latest technology as I can, um, which just makes it easy. It's there. It's amazing. Take advantage of it. 
it's sometimes a learning curve to figure out what works best for your own business. But um, I love figuring out that puzzle piece and just making it easy for my clients. Is that, do you find that that's one of the biggest pain points in a small businesses? The bookkeeping, the accounting, and things it's like that. It's one. I know. I know it's one of the many. I think there's probably three big ones that people don't think about when they go into business. One is HR. One is sales and marketing. And then another is like the financial piece of it. They go into business because they're good at what they do. And usually they're weak in at least one or two of those three areas. So I like being the one to help them out with it. That's good. You always got to have surround surround yourself with good people to take care of those types of types of things. Absolutely. So when you when you work with a, a small business, do you uh, work with them full time, hourly, daily, or as needed? It's on an ongoing monthly basis. So I have my practice set up as a flat monthly rate, and so that includes you know everything that they want from me. We go through the whole consultation process and the level of service they want, and it's customized to what their business needs. So it's a flat monthly rate, and I take care of um, all of the bookkeeping and any additional things that they want help with. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What led you to becoming um, a bookkeeper in accounting? So I've always been kind of a numbers person. I was in advanced math classes and my friend and I would sit and do math before school by our lockers. And so I've always loved numbers and puzzles, but I knew that I didn't want to become, say, an actuary or an engineer or something like that. Um, And I went to college without really knowing what I wanted to do. I got a degree in business management for lack of anything better to do. And I got a minor in accounting, which kind of fit the math. And I really found that I enjoyed it, but I didn't pursue it as a career. I got a job after college running bookstores at colleges. There's a company that um, does that nationwide. A lot of universities will outsource that piece. So I did that for a while. That's when I moved to Illinois. Um, and my dad at that point had gotten downsized from his corporate job and he started looking into franchising and asked me if I wanted to come back home and start a business with him. So I did, I quit my job. I moved back home and we started a disaster restoration franchise. Uh, which is a crazy business. It's very needed, but most people don't think about it until they have to, which is always not fun because it's usually a surprise when you have a flood or a fire. Worst case scenario. Yeah, Yeah. right? Um, And I ran that business for about six years. My dad ran the jobs and I ran the business. And throughout that time, I really developed a passion for small business. I learned as much as I could about what makes them work, what makes them successful, uh, what are the pieces that you need to run a small business successfully. And I really believe in it. I believe it's the backbone of our communities. It's vital for our economies. It can um, definitely have the power to change people's lives and make them better. Um, But I realized also that that particular business wasn't a good fit for my strengths. You had to be really good at recruiting and HR, you know, one of those three pillars that was not my thing. And I discovered my strength was really in the administration side. I really liked doing the books. I liked dealing with the finances. I liked the administration. I love processes and systems and making everything work. And so when my dad decided it was time for him to retire, we sold because I didn't want to take over that business. 
And that's where I was left with figuring out what I do now. That's awesome. That's yeah. a really cool story. Like where you come from mm-hmm. disaster recovery to helping people yeah. with their books and that whole process, how you really learn everything about it. And now that, that I look at your, I'm looking at your website and it really makes sense now. Your business is like a musical masterpiece uh, yeah. and your books are like the score. And I had, I, when, when I was looking at that at first, I'm like, I had to think about that for a minute. But now when you tell your story, mm-hmm. now it all makes sense. Right. It all comes together, It all comes right? together. <laughs> that is really cool. It is. It's awesome when I, when you finally get to a point where you feel like everything that you've done and your passions and your skills kind of combine. And, you know, I feel like I found my thing. I can do this for a long time. I'm good at it. I love it. I love helping small business owners. So, um, yeah, it's really fun when that happens. Nice. Uh, during this journey from uh, the first business with your father to where you are now with the bookkeeping business, uh, what has been some of your biggest challenges? Learning what I don't know. You know, in the franchise business, it was figuring out recruiting and HR and sales and marketing. And those are still probably some of my weaker areas in my business now. Figuring out what marketing works for my business has been a process and I still don't really have it figured out. I'm getting better at it. Um, But I think the important thing for any small business owner is that you identify those things and you're willing to learn and find people to help you and support you to get through it and figure it out. That, that's huge. Um, even like within my real estate business, it's like having the right people around you is mm-hmm. huge because you, you can't do everything. No. As much as you want to and control every aspect of what you do in your business, it, you'll drown. Right. And you see it over and over again of business owners who finally learn that and start letting go of things. Their business starts to grow and flourish because they have the right people in place and they're ready for it to grow. That's good. Do you read any books? I love reading. Read books? I was a voracious reader as a kid and I don't read as much anymore, but um, I do love reading. And now I read business books and things like that. I actually have a business owner's book club. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me about oh, that. Oh yeah. Have you read the, um, it's, I bring this up because it, it ties into some of the things that we talked about. Have you ever read the book, The E-Myth? I love that book. Right. And it talks all about yeah. a lot of things that we just yeah, uncovered. having and the systems in place. place? Yes. Yep, absolutely. That's a great one. Yeah, because it's sometimes it's just getting those books and, and being able to read it. And it, growing up, I hated reading. I didn't like writing. I didn't want to speak a second language. Okay. And I was very shy. I could barely talk to the person, my family or anything like that. And now I'm hosting a podcast. <laughs> my wife is from Mexico. I write on almost a daily basis. That's amazing. It is. And it's all turned around and it just opened my eyes up. And that really came back to when I was in the army and they really opened my eyes up to different things and, and being open that you can be yourself. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, yeah. So it's like, it's, it's amazing how you can come in that journey and really change your life regardless of where you're at. If, all right. If you could go back in time to start of your business and your bookkeeping, what advice would you give to your younger self? To learn It took me a while into my career before I discovered the power of learning and growing as a person and a professional. And I would have told myself to start that sooner and probably would have handed myself a book. (laughs) And if you were to do that, what what got you more involved in the the learning process? I know everybody has their own little like aha moments going, well, you know what? You know what? I have to do more of this. I have to do more learning. I have to reach out and help people. What was your moment? 
It was actually as a result of a women's networking group I was going to. It was a small group, maybe a dozen people. And one of the ladies there suggested that as a group, we read a book and then talk about it at the next meeting. And I love this idea because I loved reading, but it was the first time that I'd been handed a book that was on personal development. And I read that book. It was The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. He's still one of my favorites. I read that book every so often and it's so true. It's amazing. And it just kind of opened my mind to the possibilities in that whole world. That's interesting because that same book kind of relates to a book I recently read by James Altucher, is Reinvent Yourself. And he talks about, mm-hmm. and you're seeing with the compound effect, is that just instead of trying so hard to improve yourself on a daily basis, he goes, just do it one, 1% a day. Okay. 1% a day. And everybody can do that. And over yeah. time, that compound effect takes over. The growth is amazing when you it, look back. It really does. And, yeah. you, and the thing is, you've got to get out there and meet people and, and, and really do these types of things. Um, and it does pay off. Absolutely. As an expert in bookkeeping, what are three to five things a potential client should know about you and your services? Okay. So the five things that I would like small business owners to know about their bookkeeping is one, that they should pay attention to it. It, It's one of those things that I find a lot of people avoid. They don't want to think about it. They just want to, you know, stay in their lane and run their business, but you need to pay attention to it because it's so important for your business. And it's not just for doing your taxes to have it all together. There's valuable information there about your business and it can help you make better decisions as you're figuring out where to take your business and where to spend your dollars. So that's first. The second one is to make sure that it's done right. And this is tricky because most small business owners don't understand accounting. So how do you know if it's done right? And um, my advice is to make sure you find somebody that you trust, that you you ask them, you know, their background, their credentials. Usually if you ask them a few questions, you can get a good feeling about if they know what they're doing. And if you're tempted to do it yourself, that can be a good option. A lot of small business owners start that way, but know that it's more complicated than it looks on the surface. The software looks easy with its shiny buttons that you push it and it does things, but there's a giant math equation going on behind the scenes. And if you don't understand that, you're going to end up in some hot water um, because everything you do affects that math equation. And usually when I have a new client, it starts with a cleanup job. So... Um, That's one. And once you know that it's done right, make sure that it's done regularly. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people who say, oh, in February, I sit down for three days and try and do my books for the entire year. Um, First of all, that's not sustainable as your business grows. It's going to get a little crazy to try and do a whole year at once. And also, like I said before, having that regular information is just so good for your business. Um, All right. The fourth one is to use the right technology. There's a lot of outdated technology there in the accounting world. And in the past five years, it's grown leaps and bounds. And if you're paying somebody to do it the old fashioned way, you're paying for time that's not doesn't need to be spent because the technology is there to make our lives easier. And so figuring out the right tech is sometimes a problem, kind of like we talked about before. 
Um, but make sure it's part of the conversation when you're looking at hiring somebody for bookkeeping. And that can go for any area in your business is making sure you're doing it the most efficient way possible. And then lastly, learn your numbers. You don't have to know how to read a statement in and out. You don't have to know um, everything that an accountant knows, but learn the basics. Ask your bookkeeper or accountant questions um, because it's valuable information there. You have it. You should learn how to use it and it'll make your business that much stronger and help you grow even faster. Wow. That's a lot of good information. <laughs> That's it. And I'm going to add these into the show notes too so people can uh, see that right away. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. Let's go back in time again. When you thought, wow, I'm really making a difference. This means something to me. Tell me a story. So this story is from one of my very first clients. And when I start looking at people's books, I know, I know accounting. I know the numbers. I know what to look for. And one of the major areas that I help people with is either accounts receivable or cash flow. And I had this customer, it was about a half a million dollar client and I look at their AR and their AR is huge. It's like over $60,000 sitting in the um, 60 to 90 day plus column. And I brought attention to that. I'm like, what would it be what's, like? If what's AR? Accounts receivable. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, ah, you I, caught I, me. I caught that. I was like, oh, most people don't know. This. Probably, you're right. Okay, <laughs> accounts receivable means what people owe you. So that means you've invoiced and people haven't paid that invoice yet. And I find a lot of a trap that a lot of small business owners get into is that they invoice and then they don't have a process for following up on it. So it just sits there. And then every, you know, couple months they look at it and try and follow up with people. And what happens is that as you grow your business and you're so into doing great work and delivering great service that the AR kind of, it doesn't get the attention it needs. And so I asked the client, what would having an extra $60,000 in your bank account do for your business because they're running it. It's like they're giving free services and not getting paid for it. Yeah. So paid. yeah, it's we can being, being in business. Oh, right. And profit. profit. You need yeah. profit. <laughs> so we talked about it, a process for collecting an AR every so often you do a phone call every this many days you send a letter. Like at this point you need to start talking about, do I need to think about small claims, things like that? And their AR turned around and all of a sudden they have more cash in their business to help running their business. And, um, it was really cool. And I love it when clients come to me and say, you've made a difference. Thank you for helping us figure this out. That means the world to me. That's awesome. Bob, I like that. I yeah. Like that. Let's go a little bit deeper. Let, take me, take a few minutes, take our listeners on a journey with you. Uh, what's a great story that you've experienced that you like to share? Um, it could be from business, life, it could be anything. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to share the story of how I bought my first rental property. Since you're into um, property management, I thought it was appropriate. So when I moved back here to start the business with my dad, I am faced with, okay, now I have to find a place to live. And I had already had a house in Illinois. It was a starter home. I renovated it and sold it eventually. And um, so I felt like I've kind of already done that, but I didn't need to buy a big house. I was still single. And I went through this 
period of, okay, what do I do? I looked into a lot of different options. It just felt like buying a big house as a single person wasn't a good financial move. I would be spending all this money and I didn't need all the space. And so I decided that I wanted a rental property. I wanted a duplex so that I could live in one, in one side and rent out the other side and it would help my cash flow. I would have just the amount of space I needed. It would be great. So my dad tries to talk me out of this. He thinks rental properties are a pain in the butt, which they can be. I, I will give him that. They can be a pain. And he tried to talk me out of it. But I just knew that for me, it would be a good idea. And I would learn and figure it out and go along the way. And so I started looking for a duplex. And I got discouraged because I couldn't find what I was looking for. And it was either not in a good area or not in my price range. And I almost stopped looking for a while. But then right when you're about to give up, one came on the market. I went and saw it. It was exactly what I'd been looking for. It was in a great neighborhood. And uh, I ended up getting it. So there's a couple lessons here. One is that there's opportunity in everything. Most people would have just gone to rent something or bought a house, but I saw this other opportunity that a lot of other people wouldn't think about. And the other point is that don't give up because the temptation to quit is always the biggest right before you succeed. It sure is. Mm-hmm. It sure is. I've, I've seen so many things happen like that in life and in other people's life too. It's like they get to that point where it's like they go, they go and they go and they give all this effort and they're right there. And they want to give up. And mm-hmm. if they just keep pushing that extra little inch or yeah. 1%, you'll get there. You will. You don't give up. Oh, that's cool. Very nice. Let's get to know you a little bit more. Are there any daily practices that have contributed to your success and happiness? I think for me, it's making sure that my priorities are straight. And I know a lot of small business owners that it can, can kind of take over your life especially if you're a work from home or you're a one person shop or you're just getting started and growing. And so I was very conscious about knowing that I had limits for my business. I wasn't going to answer emails from clients on the weekends. There's no emergencies in bookkeeping and um, making sure I devoted time to everything else that's important. So in the morning, as long as I don't have an early meeting, I make sure I have time with myself and my Bible and spending time that way in meditation, I make sure that I get some exercise in the morning, even if it's only 15 or 20 minutes. I make sure that I have time for my husband every day and my family. And on the weekends, I do whatever I can not to work. Sometimes, you know, you have to take care of something, but just knowing what your priorities are and putting them in the proper place is huge. So the priorities are things that are important to you. So Absolutely. Like Very, yeah. well, is there any particular book or quote or resource that has guided you through this journey? Well, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a Christian. And so the Bible has been huge. I read my Bible every morning and I often find myself pulling from different areas, depending upon which part of life you're in. If you're different things speak to you at different times, depending upon what you're going through. Um, so that has been amazing. And it's my rock, but I also am a voracious leader reader. So just going on that journey and reading different books and feeding my mind with positive things, it's just really great. Instead of getting pulled with the negative, I don't watch the news. I don't read the news. I try not to get sucked into stories that are negative or going to feed my mind with crap. You know, I try to listen to Things that I'll either learn from or will encourage me 
or will just put me in a happy place, (laughs) (laughs) music, whatever. And so I think that's not really a particular resource, but it's a strategy. Don't fill your mind with crap. You can choose what you listen to and what you watch. And if you're wise in your choices, it'll just feed you in the right ways. Sure will. Sure will. That's great advice. Uh, If you give someone advice to someone just getting started in bookkeeping or accounting, what nuggets would you share with them? So I have two. The first one is make sure you learn it inside and out. Make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure you can deliver an amazing product that um, your customers will appreciate and like, and that somebody else is going to have to go back and fix. So I think that's true in any business is to make sure you know what you're doing. The second is to create an amazing client experience. I think that a lot of small businesses are trying to give good customer service, but it's easy to miss the mark. And if you look at your entire process and figure out what you can do just a little bit better or do to make that little bit extra difference in your client. And it can be as simple as sending cards to them on their birthday or their business anniversary or throwing in this extra report or insight that doesn't take you much time, but shows them that you care about them and you value them. So create an amazing client experience and you'll already be set up for success above and beyond your competition. Very smart. What is the one thing right now that has you most fired up, excited for the future? I'm excited to watch my business grow. I have a big vision for it and I can see it starting to happen. And that's just really exciting to me because the more small businesses that I can help just fulfills my vision and my mission. And I want to see small business succeed. And as much as I can do to be a small part of that is really exciting for me. That's awesome. And that's what the show is all about is supporting small businesses, local businesses, and individuals giving back to the community. And you're right on point there. Uh, Being a local business, what is the best way to connect with you? Website, social media handles, uh, let the, let the listeners know how to get a hold of you. And I'm also put those in the show notes. Sure. My website is masterpiecebookkeeping.com and there's a contact form on there if you want to get in touch with me. And you can also find me on LinkedIn under Rachel Lamantia and uh, feel free to connect with me there. I'm always interested in networking and getting to know other local business owners. So please reach out. Very good. Uh, we'll come back to that here in a moment. So we're going to get to some rapid fire questions, have a little bit more fun. Uh, but before we do the rapid fire questions, you get to ask me one question. I get to ask you, you get to a ask question? Me a question. Oh man. Uh huh. We weren't prepared for that. I usually don't tell people that, but something I've added on uh, this year. Okay. Anything. So what is your big why? My big why in what area of my life? Oh dear. Um, professional. Professional. Uh, my big why is really helping and protecting people. Uh, when it comes to the podcast, it's getting the word out to small business and local businesses that there is uh, a lot of small businesses out there that are good at what they do. And that's part of what this show is, is getting that exposure for small businesses to get out there and have a different platform other than uh, social media or some other platform. And that's what I'm using this for. And I'm, I'm, this is one of the honest things that I get to do with my day um, is to talk with other individuals like yourself. And I learn so much yeah. on everyone. So this is my first, uh, first of three today. So, you know, 
it's going to be exciting. On the real estate side of it, when I the reason I got into that is that I saw so many bad things happening in the real estate industry, um, just bad practices. And I really was like, I can do better. Mm. I know I can do better. And I took that same passion for helping up small businesses and apply that to the real estate side of it. And I applied a lot of the tactics and principles that I've learned in the army and applied them to the real estate side of the business as well. And I seen that really resonate with people and it's, it comes through in a way that just being authentic and honest with people and doing the right thing. I don't mm-hmm. work with everybody. I don't treat people as a transaction. I fire people that we don't get along with and they don't, we don't have the same expectations. So yeah. that's kind of like, you know, where I'm at in the, in the professional side of it. You know, I'm really out there to, to help people, whether it's in real estate or to help them uh, on the podcast at a different type of platform. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. All right. So we go to, to rapid fire questions. And again, we go through my book, Tools of Titans with Tim Ferriss. If you haven't heard that's him. That's a giant book, I it must is. say. Your readers but, can't see it, but it's like three inches thick. And what this is, and... Tim Ferriss has his own podcast and it started off as an experiment. And basically this is a transcript of all of his podcasts. Really? Yes. So it's not like uh, chapter after chapter, but it's like, you know, Rick Rubin, uh, Sam Harris, to name a few, Will Smith, uh, all kinds of guys, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's basically a transcribed transcription of his interviews. And in the back of the book has a rapid fire question. So I've taken the book and used it. So I get to ask you a few questions and then we'll wrap it up. So this is fun and this is something else that you did not expect. So (laughs) when I do that intentionally, what is, what is something you believe that other people think is insane? Something I believe personally that other people think I'm insane for believing. Sure. I believe that you have a lot more control over circumstances in your life than you think. You can't necessarily control what happens to you, but you control how you react to it and you can you can, to some degree, manage your reactions and your feelings. And as, as you understand yourself better, you can c- completely change your outlook. Instead of having being down in the dumps and for negative things that happen, you can lessen the amount that you spend thinking about negative things and really make a huge difference in your life. <laughs> I, that, that's so true. As, as bad as it is, yeah. if you kind of just look at it and see what's there and look at worst case scenarios and just take control of that. Absolutely. And you can actually get help regardless of what it is mm-hmm. and keep moving forward. What is your favorite documentary or a movie? Documentary or movie? So my husband is the one who's into documentaries. Me, not so much. Um, oh, dear. I will say, how about... The movie that I can quote the most, there's two of them. One is The Princess Bride and the other is Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Those are out there with that. That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. I love Uh, those ones. All right. Let's let's wrap it up here. Any ask or request for the audience? uh, Any last parting words? Man, we've gone over so much already. Um, I think my last parting advice would be to have a vision for your business and where you want it to go and go after it. Just go after it. Just go after it. Regardless of where you are in life. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm turning 50 this year and I'm reinventing myself and I'm so excited and scared at the same time. Everybody's scared. Feel the fear and do it anyway. And do it anyway. 
Very cool. Well, that's it. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being part of Local First Podcast um, and letting our listeners know more about you and what you do. Thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun.